Outlet Profile. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Well, welcome along to today's episode of The Profile with me, Justin Briley. I'm the senior editor of Premier Christianity magazine. And this programme is brought to you in association with that monthly title. And if you want to find more interviews with Christians in all walks of life, then do ask for a free sample copy of the mag. You can find that at premierchristianity.com slash free sample. Well, I'm really pleased to be joined today by Argentinian evangelist, Carlos Anacondia. He's credited with bringing an evangelical revival to Argentina since the mid-80s and really ongoing to today. We're going to be hearing about his early life, his own conversion to Christianity, and about some of the extraordinary things that happen in the mission field. And uh, so it's a great joy to be joined by you today, Carlos. Thank you for being with me. Um, we have your translator also with us, uh, Claudio, and so Claudio will be hearing his voice as well during the interview. I like to go back to the beginning with our profile interview. So my first question for you, Carlos, is um, what kind of a family did you grow up in and was there any Christian faith involved? Bueno, yo provengo de una familia italiana. Well, I come from Italian and Spanish background. My grandparents came from, from Italy and, and uh, from my mother's side from, uh, from Spain. So I have both bloods. And growing up, did faith mean anything to you? Did God mean anything to you? I would recite the Lord's Prayer and that was as much as I knew. And that was what I did as a child. But my family had Christian values, which I embraced from my early stage in my life, which really uh, showed me the way through life. And as you were growing up, what kind of a country would you say Argentina was? As a child, Argentina was a very prosperous country, a very prosperous land, and Christian values were in exercise in, in, in the whole of society. Did that change? Bueno, por supuesto que sí ha cambiado. It has changed indeed. Technology and the media have brought influences from many different cultures and many different parts of the world. So our youth are exposed to receive different trends, which they have received actually and, and been influenced by them. What kind of interests did you have growing up? Because you went on to become a very successful businessman, didn't you? Bueno, la, los principios que... I grew up with, with very strong uh, cultural influences from our land, the culture of, of work and to try hard for everything you do. To when you give your word, you don't need to sign a piece of paper. That was enough of, of a contract. So, uh, yeah, those were basically the values with which we grew up as, as, as children. Work, dedication and efforts were going to mark my life. And uh, what kind of business did you establish in the end? It was a distribution business of nuts and bolts and, and heavy equipment and machinery for all types of, of industry. We were very successful. We were the only one at the very beginning that were in that part of trade. You were a successful businessman. Um, you had, a, I suppose, a, a nominal kind of faith. What, uh, what changed for you? When did God break in in a new way? We very often think that having money and having the possibility of acquiring many things that, that widens the possibilities that we have in life. At age 35, I have a wife, four children, a good family, a good relationship with my wife. And I got to a point in which I was afraid of having more children. I said, well, to what world am I going to bring them? What's going to happen about our future? The fears of life and death, the fears of perhaps eventually losing what we have acquired and achieved. So I realized that there was another reality. So I thought that being a successful businessman and, and being wealthy was going to pave my way to, to happiness. And it wasn't so. Fear fear of life, the fear of losing what I had achieved. I happened to question many things in my life. My parents started to attend an evangelical church. They wouldn't say anything to me. They, they started to go to church and 
predicador, un diplomático. And one day this Panamanian diplomat who happened to be a Christian and a preacher visited our country. cosas que a mí me llamaron la atención. And things would happen, strange things would happen during the meetings. They, he, he would speak about the power of God, de que, eh, había that there were people that were oppressed or depressed, that, but that suddenly they were set free. Y yo dije, Voy a ver qué es eso. And I thought to myself, well, I'm going to go and, and, and see what's going bueno, on there. Y entré en ese, en un lugar donde había un ambiente cristiano de so I entered into a hall full of worship and adoration, con mis hijos, accompanied with my wife and my children. And it was in that place, I started to hear a voice talking to me. Carlos, you're so worried about life, for your children's future, for your businesses. You are not happy. Give me your heart. I will keep your life. And that was the voice of the Lord Jesus. And I started to cry. And it wasn't easy for me to cry. Because I, I, I grew up with values like, like this. You know, if you cry, you are not a real man. And that's what I told my, my wife as El well. no llora. Men do not cry. But that day I just broke in tears. My, my wife was next to me and crying. I asked her, Maria, would you like to receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior with me? And she was crying as well. And, and she replied, yes, I, I, I've been in need of this for a very long time. That need never manifested, really never came to a surface. But the presence of God in that place really convicted us. And that day we received Jesus as our Savior. No more fears. No, ma no, más no, more, no more doubts. No, más no more anguish. I threw away the pack of cigarettes that I had in my pocket. The bottles of alcohol that we kept at home were emptied in the ya sink. No I, I don't need crutches anymore. Jesus, había a mi Jesus had reached my heart. Bueno, Ten days after that experience, I received the baptism Algo. in the Holy Spirit, and someone told me que era that it was necessary for me to receive the Holy Spirit. Es and I said, what, 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 what is that? Bueno, tu vida, tu alma. Well, it is God himself infilling you with his presence. And I started to pray in my own way, in my own words, dije, Lord, baptize me. Baptize me or I die. Como un algo que venía y, y que I remember having, having my, my hands up to heaven and, and suddenly I, I just felt this warmth, this, this fire that, that, that I could not control and my whole body started to shake. Tenía cinco días de creciente, diez. I was a five-day-old a five believer. All this was so new. And I started to speak in a language that, I, that I've never spoke before Durante mucho tiempo. for a long time. And I, I, I couldn't even speak Spanish for, for, for a period of time. And things started to happen to me. Things. Was just shaking hands with somebody. And the person would go, let go. I feel like electricity in your hands. Uh, and just visit somebody, you know, somebody who knew and, and, and encounter demonic manifestations with, with several members of the family that I was visiting. I didn't know what that was. And I had to learn. I know that this is very strong, quite radical, but this is my experience. This has set you up, really, for what you have been doing since, which is becoming a minister of the gospel, an evangelist, and also very much involved in deliverance ministry and healing. Did that begin very soon then, after you became a Christian? When I experienced that, that power from heaven, that... that just overflow me with happiness. Yo me el más feliz de la I just felt the happiest man in, in the surface of this earth. Y a mirar la gente. And I started to look at people. And I, and I saw them like, as I used to look, uh, see myself in the mirror. Triste, Sad, sin esperanza, hopeless, seeking a way out. And God put just this anguish in my heart. And I would cry. For, for many hours, for, for the people I knew, for the people I saw in the street, even if I didn't know them, I know the condition of their hearts. And God filled my heart with compassion for people. And I would spend literally hours crying for our community. And things, strange things started to happen to me. I, I, I started to go to the public hospitals to uh, pray for people, for the sick, and, and they started to be healed. We, we planted a church with, with a group of other believers. I was just a deacon. And one year afterwards, 
a pastor comes from a very needy part of our city. De los lugares pobres de la, que rodeaban Buenos Aires. The outskirts, the slums areas of, 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 of the big city of Buenos Aires. And he said to me, uh, God showed me in a vision that you would be doing a crusade in the deprived area where my church is located. I've, I've never preached the gospel before. And I said, well, if God said so, I will go. So I started by simply telling my personal testimony. And, and again, things started to happen. Even people walking by the place where we would hold these small meetings, people would fall under the power of God, walking inadvertently. And that was the beginning of my ministry. I, I was a, a believer of uh, one and a half years. Y hasta el día de hoy. And until today, we continue to see the same thing. No I haven't stopped for a minute. It's an amazing story. Um, why do you think you saw this spiritual activity, this demonic activity, so quickly? I, this is what I believed. I started to read the Bible. And the Bible told me, in, in the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 16 and verse 15, these signs will follow to my church, will follow my church. And he said, you go and preach, and the signs will follow. I look at the Bible, and, and what happened with Jesus, it has to happen in the church. We preach the gospel. Those that are oppressed need to be set free by the gospel, and they will speak in new tongues. They will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we will lay our hands over the sick, and they will be healed. Salvation, deliverance, Holy Spirit filling, and health. Yeah. That's what Jesus did on this earth. And Jesus encouraged us by saying, the same works that I did, you will do as well. It is written in this book. It has to be uh, fulfilled. What sort of miracles did you start to see early on? Can you remember any particularly memorable uh, instances of healing? I remember walking into this hospital and finding this young lady laying in bed, unable to, to walk, paralyzed, and after prayer she walked all over the hospital. And these, are, these were big wards in, in a public hospital, so they weren't just single beds, you know, in a single room, but big wars by 20 and 30 beds so people witnessed what was going on so there were there would be cues of of relatives of other patients that would request me to go and pray for them after seeing what had happened to many of of, of the patients and, and something that really uh, was were signs in, in my first crusades. Oh yes, it was incredible how people received infillings in the in the in the cavities in in the teeth. Also, teeth being replaced, tooth being replaced, but for new ones. New new teeth. New like, teeth. No, no more no more fillings. Yeah, rellenos, nuevos dientes. Yeah, and the fillings in some cases had very clear shapes like a dove or, or a cross. Sometimes it was a golden metal, sometimes it was like a silverish metal, but dentists would never realize what they were made of because their instruments will not even scratch them. But my, 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 my strong point here in my ministry is, is, is sickness. En los que están in those that are oppressed. And I understand that when you do a revival meeting, and you're even willing to almost taunt the demons to manifest themselves. Why, why, why do you do it that way? <laughs> sí. Yes, that's what we do. <laughs> but is that because you know you have the authority to do that? Atar al hombre fuerte. We, we, we must bind the, the, the strong man of the locality. What do you mean by the strong man? Do you believe the, the, there are kind of like regional powers in that sense? ¿A qué te referís con esto del hombre fuerte? ¿Vos crees que hay poderes regionales que dominan partes? Daniel 12. Daniel chapter 12. 21 days in prayer. And the angel said, the very moment that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself, your prayers were heard in heaven. But the prince of Persia opposed him. But the angels prevailed. 21 days of spiritual battle in the heavenly realm. And Jesus commanded us to bind the strong man. So for you, it's about a real battle taking place between Jesus um, working through you and your team and the spiritual powers that are 
that are around through the church because the secret here is the unity of the church I wouldn't do a crusade in, in any locality unless the church united to invite me and to host a crusade to host, because Jesus says so that we may be one so the world may believe what effect would you say in the decades you've been doing your ministry in Argentina it's had on the parts of the country you've ministered in? I, I have been to almost every country in this world. Asia, Europe, Africa, the Americas. We always see thousands of people being set free from, from sickness. Ministries, local ministries that have been greatly inspired by what God does through us. Uh, and um, this also resulted in the planting of, of incredible amounts of churches all over the world. But the main thing is, is that the church continues with the work that we establish. Believing that what Jesus commanded us, the evangelists, to do is real and is for the church to take over and run. With it. This is not the work of one man or of one ministry. It is the work and the ministry of, of the church. Go throughout the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And again, these signs will follow. And what are the signs for? To attract people to God. And the Bible says that large amounts, large multitudes of people will follow Jesus as he traveled. As they saw the healing power of God through his life. And I think that Jesus is the same. And if we believe people will, will understand that there is a great God in heaven. The signs are, are the seal that Jesus is there. Do you find when you're conducting a meeting that there's almost a sense in which you have to confront the demons first and win that battle and then the healings and so on can flow once that, that issue has been dealt with, if you like? Um, we always do it. We start with that, that way. But we, we also have a, a very strong uh, intercessory ministry. It's not just to go and, and preach the gospel. We have a team. There's a team that is interceding and crying for the community when we are going to have the crusade. And we claim the souls to Jesus in prayer. It's Psalm 126.6. Those that, that, that saw the precious seed of the gospel will go crying. And he will come back with joy bringing an abundant harvest. Without tears, there's no harvest of, of souls. This is not about shouting or, 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 or rhetorics. We, we must spend time crying and interceding for those that are suffering. A vision that the Lord has shown me, and I hope that this is useful for the audience. I was praying one day, and God showed me the, the, the world, and the world was beating like a heart like a heart. And I would hear the, the shouting and the crying out of multitudes of people in desperation. And I said, Lord, what, what, what is this vision? And the Lord said, the, the, the world is crying. The world is crying. The world is crying. Whom will I send? And I said, Lord, here I am, send me. I didn't know what I was embarking myself into. Today I, I, I can say yes. But the world continues to cry. People are suffering in hospitals, in, in prisons, being raped, those that are in, in terminal illnesses. But the message is the same. Whom will I send? It's a big challenge. If, if really Christ abides within our hearts, he changed my life, he changed my family. We had four children at the time of our conversion. I was reluctant to bring another child into this world, and I was able to support them. I said, but what world am I going to bring my children into? It wasn't a financial issue. But after Jesus, we have five more children. Five more? Nine in total. Wow. <laughs> 17 grandchildren, as I'm speaking. Um, my family, I can say, probably is a Christian family. My, my wife comes with me wherever I go. But in the past, when, when we had nine young children at home, she couldn't come with me. She had to look after the children. My nine children are happily married today. And as I said, we have 17 grandchildren as a result of these marriages. I was going to say... This would be a good time to mention your wife, Maria. Um, so how important has she been in 
helping you to be able to do your ministry? 51% I owe it to her. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing to bring so many children into the world. Do, do you feel like your gift has been also transferred to your children, this, this gift you have of healing and deliverance? Some of them do have it, yes. The nine have, have married and, and they are part of local church. Uh, they are, some of them are in full-time ministry. Some continue to mind our family business. But they all preach and, and signs follow. I mean, when it comes to the uh, a large gathering, you know, um, when you've got a big... Uh, event going on a big a revival crusade going there must be so many people who are maybe need attention m manifesting the demonic there's only one carlos anacondia how do you ensure that everybody is is treated well and that everyone who needs prayer and deliverance is able to be to be seen and to be ministered to in order to do God's work, we must uh, fully dedicate our, our lives. I have, I have done run crusades for 40, 50 and, and 60 days uninterruptedly without going home for one evening. And, and here is the importance of my wife's ministry. My wife was guarding my back. She would look after the children. She was the teacher. She was there with them. And I was at peace being away from home because I knew of my wife's role leading the family. And I would dedicate all my time to people. I would finish preaching. And afterwards, I prayed for the sick. And then I would take testimonies of healing. And if there were any, and whenever people manifested, they were kindly and respectfully taken to a, uh, this is, these are open air crusades. We usually set up a, a deliverance tent. And, and those that needed special attention were kindly taken to that deliverance tent to be ministered upon. I descend from the platform. And if we have a crowd of 50,000 people before us, and if I had to, to pray individually for the 50,000, I do it. One by one. <laughs> But we have pastors that team up with us. So they, they team up with us and we, we make a ministry team together. We pray together. I, I profoundly believe in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus was with people all the time. People was able, were able to touch him. They could see him. And he would remain. He would be there with people. And the disciples, and he would say to the, his disciples, go, wait for me in the boat. And he would be there greeting people. That means that that is our sound example. He has to give us a strength. And also we, we have there is no reason why I should do it on my own and this is what we've been doing since we started our ministry at age 36 today I'm 72 and this is what we've done no changes when you first began healing people in the hospital what did the doctors think of it? They would say they would acknowledge God. Argentina is, is a country of, of traditionally speaking, it's a Catholic country, Roman Catholic country. Uh, and Catholic people happen to believe in miracles. So they would see a miracle taking place and they will attribute it to God. I never had any problems. And we, we've even seen a number of doctors becoming Christians as a result of their patients receiving a miracle. If I am, if I am ill, I, I have a, a doctor friend of mine. And I, and I just tell him to, to allow him to, uh, to, to uh, diagnose. I'm not Superman. I do believe in science because God created science. <laughs> I see it in a very simple way. We are imperfect preachers of God. And we also suffer our own we have our own needs but we we, we do not uh, come against science whatsoever we we actually partner with it a place like the uk is maybe generally more skeptical of the miraculous than perhaps people in argentina does that inhibit the the spirit moving in the same way and for healings and deliverance to take place if you go to a place where there is just more Skepticism. Mm. In some ways, yes. God is mighty. I, I read the biographies of Evan Roberts, for instance, from the Welsh Revival. 
John Wesley, obviously, and the biographies inspire me greatly. England must remember that those things happen. The United Kingdom must know that those things happen here. And the roots of this nation are Christian. So if we look backwards, what I'm saying is, is, is nothing new. You, you have lived it in many, many generations in the past. And in the, in, at the very bottom of my heart, at the very bottom of, of, of hearts of the United Kingdom, there is a tiny flame that is still burning. We know that Jesus is real. Well, thank you for coming to join me for the interview today. We've reached the end of our first part, so I'm going to enjoy looking forward to more stories and uh, more about the impact that your ministry has had in Argentina and also what uh, you've been able to do here in the UK. Uh, my name's Justin Briley and joining me on the profile today is Argentinian evangelist Carlos Anacondia. He's credited with bringing an evangelical revival to Argentina since the 1980s that continues to the present day and he's been telling us some of the extraordinary stories of what happens when he ministers and he goes to places where the church invites him all over the world. So we'll continue to hear those stories today on the profile. If you'd like to receive a free sample copy of Premier Christianity magazine and read some other interesting interviews with leading Christians in all walks of life, can I remind you of our website, premierchristianity.com slash free sample. But for the moment, join me again and Carlos as we continue his story. The Profile You're listening to Premier Christian Radio Welcome back to the second half of today's profile with me, Justin Briley. I'm the editor of Premier Christianity magazine, uh, your host for Faith Explored every Saturday here on Premier Christian Radio. And I'm really pleased to be joined by Argentinian evangelist Carlos Anacondia. He's in his 70s now, but for pretty much half of his life, since he really converted to Christianity, he has been leading what many people call a continuous revival in Argentina. Uh, we're going to be continuing to hear about that during the rest of the programme today. But if you'd like to get your hands on a copy of the latest edition of the magazine I edit, Premier Christianity magazine, uh, do ask for a free sample copy. We'd be delighted to send you one. PremierChristianity.com slash free sample. So, Carlos, I've heard people talk about in Argentina before Anacondia and after Anacondia in places in Argentina because you are seen as having had such an enormous impact. What, what do you think is the impact that your ministry has had across the whole of the country? Things happen, but for these things to actually take place, the church needs to grow the desire in the hearts for these things to happen again. But I, I want to make an emphasis on something, and, and this is prayer. Before each crusade, we pray. We cry out to God. We cry out to Him. We claim the souls of the lost with abundance of, of tears and prayer. We know that each tear that, that we that, that falls to the ground is a soul. And we also know that, that the heaven is open as we intercede on behalf of the lost in this way. And that Jesus' heart grows warmer when we pray in this way. Very often, long time before we start the crusade, there will be people that will be led by God to start praying for the crusade to actually take place. Uh, and we as a ministry sometimes visit a locality where, that we never visited. We go to the local hotel uh, uh, and people that, that we never we never seen in our lives will run to us and, and fall on their knees before us as we are doing the checking asking us to lead them to Christ. Prayer changes the spiritual environment. Uh, and that, that is the way that, that we start the crusade, with a period of prayer. And as, as when we hold the crusade for several days, the first day you have n number of, of attendees. But after 10 days, it multiplies. And if we were to hold the crusade for 15 days, let's say, and they will ask me to stay for another week, please, no, let's extend it for another week. Church, local churches will, will cancel the meetings. Only Sunday morning we will have. Otherwise, throughout the week, every evening, they will all come to the crusade. And the longer that we preach the gospel in open air, the multiplication of conversions is exponential. Uh, and we, we would do crusades, let's say, for over a month, and we will see 50, 60, 70,000 people come to faith. Conversions. Do you feel like with the increase in the numbers of in the church in Argentina, you're seeing an effect on society? I mean, 
obviously across South America there is issues around poverty mm. and prostitution and drug abuse and the favelas and, and everything. Do you feel like the the change, the spiritual change, is also leading to social change? Yeah, it's, 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 that, that, what you're saying is, 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 is real. We have gone through many turmoils, politically speaking, socially speaking, in the whole of the continents. Argentina, for instance, is, is, is a, a country of hard-working people. And governments sometimes are not in, in unaware, but they don't care much about the needs of their people. The church has been greatly blessed. We have millions of Christians that have been blessed by the power of the gospel. But as, as we see this expansion of, of the gospel in, in our nation, we also see an expansion of, of wrong things, of bad things. And we, yes, indeed, Latin America is in great, great need. Uh, Argentina is a country that receives many, many immigrants. And we are praying for, for a president, for members of parliaments, with, with Jesus' heart. But the grace of Jesus is unending. Before, a few decades ago, people didn't have where to go. Today we have, we have hundreds upon hundreds of, of ministries, church ministries, that, that, that impart hope and, and healing to communities of drug addicts throughout the continent. We have hundreds or even thousands of evangelical churches that have started in, in these past decades. That was not the norm. Yes, even university, Christian universities, not to teach theology, but just to teach science or to teach law. The church continues to take control of in the same way that the Methodist Church in this land planted many churches and opened incredible schools, universities of great renown. Uh, and the church is, in, in our case, is, is following the steps that, yeah. that you walked before. Uh, God, the gospel is education. But, you know, we look back at those wonderful revivals in our history, Methodist revival, the Hebridean revival, the Welsh revival... And these are wonderful times, but sometimes after a, a generation, we lose it and mm. it, it disappears and suddenly things become dry. And we have lots of churches, but the churches, they don't have many people in. Mm. So how do you stop that happening in your case? How do we see that continuous revival? Many believe that revivals last for a short season. I don't believe in that. I think that the hearts of a broken church, a heartbroken church, that, that, that brokenness of hearts goes through time, then revival should not come to an end. Revival dwells in our hearts. We may be successful in our ministries, and we may live lives that are different to the lifestyle of Jesus. We may build huge church building and, and forget about the people. And that's what should not happen. Ministerial success should be the few to win more people, not to build bigger buildings. To not make an institution of a church or, or of a move of God for this matter. We have a boss in heaven. And his, name, his name is Jesus and he sent his Holy Spirit to help us achieve that. And, and one of the ways to, to actually help revivals to last is through crying in intercession for the lost constantly before the Lord. When I talk to ministers of the gospel, and that's what I always tell them, a broken heart keeps the fire of God burning. Have you seen fellow ministers, maybe, who started out strong, who maybe have been distracted by money or success? Pardon? Yeah, we have both. There are many that are faithful to the Lord. And, as I travel throughout the world, you know, God has a remnant. Is there a problem? I, I do know that some people have been concerned that along with the charismatic renewal in South America, there has also been the issue of many churches adopting something like a prosperity gospel. Mm. Uh, wealth is kind of the, the ultimate aim kind of view. I, is that a problem at all? It brings a great contamination to the Because church. Because when our eyes are on money and not on people, that contaminates the church. I, I believe in something that I always try to share. The Bible says... Revelation 1.6 that we are kings and priests for our God, for him. 
before the people, Somos como Jesús. we are like Jesus. Siervos. Servants. Jesus would spend his life with, with people. Ese es el ejemplo que and and that, is, that should be our rule, our example, Todo the only ministro. one. Every minister of the gospel has to emulate Jesus. Él con la gente. He was with people. La gente lo people would, would touch him. People would, would, would squeeze him when this woman touched the, 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 the hem of his garments. ¿Quién ha tocado, he, he, he exclaimed, who, who touched my... Maestro, la te and the disciples said, but you are being crushed by the multitudes. Ah. Oh, he said. Jesus Jesus was with people. He knew he was aware, and, and people were able to touch him. So that's the secret. So, so you disapprove of the idea of the the superstar pastor who flies in and flies out. When ministers like that ask me to, to visit them, I, I, I respectfully decline. And, uh, and even a TV show like this or an interview like this, if I see that that is the intention, I, I, I just excuse myself, but no. I'd love to hear any stories you have. I don't know if you've ever, in your revival meetings, seen like gang members and things like that come to faith. Um, people who have influence in the community, you know, who have their life has been turned around in some way. Um, um, uh, yeah, I remember people coming uh, with weapons to take my life, uh, and and they would fall under the power of God before reaching me. Uh, people would, would even shoot firearms at me, and I, I would hear the bullets go by my head, uh, and just receive by revelation that God was protecting me, and he... And then, after falling under the power of God and, and feeling the squeeze of God, <laughs> because of as a result of what they done, they just send their apologies through friends or through a letter, email. Uh, yeah, people that wanted to break into my house to steal to rob uh, and they would they would just petrify in one spot and, and won't be able to move for a long period of time until the police came or some of the people that were frightened by angelic presence and they they, they just run away uh, but as a result of that the thing is that, that they they encountered the power of god the manifestation of that in any way and 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 they came to faith and then they afterwards when they when we come back and do a crusade in different places they go yeah five years ago this is what happened to me i came to kill you and i couldn't and now i'm a christian and i love you we must be very very innocent bible says that, that the lord the angel of the lord encamps around those that, that fear him and if we want that if we believe in that we go about life with peace of mind. We have, we have even recalled the testimonies of people that came bearing weapons to, to kill me, and they would be convicted, and, and, and they would leave the, the guns in, on the platform after having accepted the Lord Jesus as the Savior. And did you find people who come with addictions, do you see those healed so that they can also, like you did, throw away... The cigarettes, the alcohol, the drugs. Puesto, miles. Thousands. Thousands upon thousands. Because that, that's what the first thing Jesus does Pero is miles to cleanse. Miles miles. To cleanse mm. the person from the inside. But thousands upon thousands are not exaggerating because God cleanses. Jesus cleanses the temple before coming to abide into lives transformed by the thousands. Mm. Otherwise, it, it wouldn't be meaningless for us to do what we do for so long. When it comes to healings, I mean, again, I'm just interested to know, have you seen even very physical things happen, like cancers or ulcers or, or broken limbs being healed? What are some of the most extraordinary things perhaps you have witnessed yourself? Thousands. Can you give one example? Sometimes we had a word of knowledge. I remember this woman that came once, she was crying. This was in 1992. She was very angry with God to start with. And she was really upset by what we were doing. She went by the, 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 the sites of the crusade and, and, and God touched her and, and fell under the bar. She didn't want to go, she refused to. She was, she was upset. But God touched her and since she was close by, the, the ushers and catchers were called they were made aware of what happened to this woman, so they made it to her. They picked her up and, and took her to the deliverance tent. And afterwards, after being ministered and, and, and delivered, set free, she left the tent, 
And I was uh, talking, uh, preaching about the, the widow of Nain. Yo decía, mujer, no. uh, and when, 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 when the prophet says, woman, do not cry. Jesús le dijo a la viuda, Because mujer, that's, no that, that's what Jesus said to the widow, woman, está, do not cry. And I was preaching and, and quoting this verse, woman, do not cry. And she started to cry out loud and, and, and shouting. She, she had a child of seven, seven months old. The child was born blind. He, he could never open his eyes. He wouldn't move his limbs. He was with the, in a respirator. He was dying. There was no hope for him. So she comes to me afterwards. So she tells me about her son. And I said, well, let's pray for him. So I, I took her hand. She had a handkerchief in her hand. And I said, well, I'm going to pray for this, for this handkerchief. And, and you just put it on his chest and we pray. And God told me, in, in due time, I will do the miracle. In my time, I will do the miracle. And I just share what, what God laid in my heart. And she left. I never saw her again. Hasta el año. But in 2011, or perhaps 2012, nearly 20 years on, she came back to... Uh, I was in a big church in, in Buenos Aires, Claudio Friesen's church, if somebody knows him. And I was preaching on a, on a miracles night. And a woman approached me. And, and the woman tells me something. And when you told me that in due time, God was going to do the miracle... I just was able to rest in, in, in my heart and, and wait for the miracle to happen. This was the same woman. The same woman. The, the child's condition got worse. The child was taken to a main hospital in the capital city of Buenos Aires and he was laid in a uh, artificial respirator. He was nourished by tubes. He couldn't breathe on his own. Never spoke. Never opened his eyes. Never moved. A finger, and until 2005, the woman would lay next to her son. So there was a time in 2005, a team of doctors went to see the child, the, the son. That is, we, we cannot keep him like this. It's been many years now. It's, we, we, we don't, he doesn't have any more hope. He, he never had it, actually. Let him rest. That's what the doctor said. We will disconnect all the equipment because there are other people in, in, in more stable condition and we need equipment. So the lady, very disturbed and touched in her heart, went outside the hospital crying. Five minutes afterwards, a doctor comes running after her. Please come back. All the machines have been already disconnected and the child opened his eyes and started to shake. And the doctor said, what? what We don't understand. <laughs> This is not in our, in our books. He, he, his limbs started to get straight. Conclusion. In 2011 or 2012, this woman comes back to me 20 years old and tells me the testimony that her son was completely healed. He is studying. He is a, 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 a remarkable student. And he wants to be a doctor, a medical doctor. Many broke to tears in, in the auditorium. And, and all he, the, the child's body was, was, was fixed. He, he, was, he was deformed as a result of never, never moving in his life and laying in bed for many, many years. It was, it was very hard to look at him. Uh, and those people that, that, that would look at him would, would break in tears. And those that wouldn't believe went, oh, this is, this is impossible. Why, why are they keeping, them, keeping him alive? The following day, after the son came with the mother, and he introdu she introduced me to the son. This is the one I told you about yesterday. He was a big boy. We have photos and the medical records. God didn't need anybody. He just needed a mother, a faithful mother. And she waited, and she demanded of God, God, Lord, you promised me. And God fulfilled his word. After many years. And then we have instant miracles in our crusade. Paralytics, the blind, tumors that are palpable that just disappear in the very evening. What Jesus says in this book is real today. But we must believe. Without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. When, when, when they see, the faith increases. When they hear, the faith increases. And then miracles happen as a result of their faith. Do, do you find that... You see similar kinds of miracles and manifestations when you come to the UK. Is it a bit different in the UK? Depende el tiempo, el lugar. That we visit a locality and, and we do a crusade with with this type of miraculous intervention for 30, 40, and 50 days in a row. Uh, do make a difference because there is an increase of the power of God manifesting in the needs of people. It's different when you go to a locality and stay there for a long weekend like we are doing in, in London, you know, in this very occasion. 
pero well, something that increases. Yeah. Sacaban los Yeah, we were in Ashban a place with the Ictas uh, fellowship in, in, in the annual conference and, mm. and we had testimonies of, of people with hearing aids, not needing them anymore, people with scoliosis that were able to bend and to move. We we have all those testimonies in, in video. Yeah. People leaving the, the walking sticks behind, wheelchairs. For those that believe, everything is possible. Porque si yo dudo de este libro, de lo Because que Jesús me enseña, if I doubt the power of Scripture, the power of Jesus' teaching, ahora no hay más milagros como or, Jesús. Or, well, I've heard sometimes people say, well, no, this is not the, uh, the, the, the time or the era of miracles anymore. Mm. That's over. And then what? Jesus lied to us? Because he said, these signs will follow those that believe. Yeah. Same thing I did, you will do. Aún mayores. Even greater things. Yeah. And they are all recorded in this book. I guess I want to ask then, when sometimes people don't get healed, because I, I'm guessing sometimes that happens, what, what is the explanation for that when you see so many miracles and healings taking place, but sometimes it doesn't happen? What do you say in response? What I usually share with pastors and those that help me do the crusades, when we talk about Jesus, people don't see Jesus. They, they see us. And if we, can, if we can bring to them a Jesus that, that, that really loves them, when they see the attitude of Jesus in us, when they see Jesus in us through the message that we share with them, they can understand and, and the love of Jesus becomes real. To them. So when we as ministers of the gospel are able to draw people that close to Jesus, then the miracles start to happen. Uh, and when some people come to me and say, Carlos, why, why I, I never received my healing? Well, I, I probably failed him, but Jesus does not fail anybody. I couldn't, I couldn't show you a, a real Jesus standing next to you. Do forgive me. If I can, if I can explain to people, if I can show people the reality of my Savior, then people receive it, and when they do, they get here. It's been amazing to hear of all the things that uh, are going on through through your ministry that Jesus is doing through you, Carlos. For maybe someone listening who maybe has never really experienced these kinds of phenomena, or is in a church which doesn't really move in this kind of way. But they've been inspired by hearing what you said. Where, where do they even begin? How do they start to, to open up themselves and maybe their church to this kind of ministry? All, all the teachings and all the preaching that we need to share with people are based or should be based in the life of Jesus. When Paul said, imitate me as I imitate the Christ, he was showing us a model, and the model obviously was Jesus. And Paul even said, how many great things the Lord did in my life. Uh, and then Paul said, but, uh, but I imitate, imitate, emulate the Christ, and, and Jesus will do the same. So Jesus is our model. A model of, of humility, modelo de trabajo y de of work and, and effort, modelo de misericordia. is a model of mercy. When he left the multitude, Una multitud estaba detrás de there was a multitude following him into Él the town. En he, he was entering the city of Nain. Una multitud lo estaba and there was also a multitude within the city walls awaiting him. And there was a group of people leaving the city and there was a crying woman. Among them. And Jesus left both multitudes, those that were following him and those that were awaiting him. And he went to the one woman, the one woman, do not cry. Why? Because he felt compassion. If we can ask Jesus to give us that same passion and compassion, that which was characteristic in his life. He never said no to any, anyone. When he saw the need, he always made himself present. When the principal of the synagogue said, come to my, to my household and, and lay hands on my daughter who is ill, there was a great number of people around him. He could have said, Peter, go pray for this man's woman, uh, daughter. But he, he didn't say no. Okay, let's go. And the, the woman again that, that, that touched the hem of his garment, he was desperate, in need. I think that he, she, he, she even crawled to be able to touch him because the multitudes were, were surrounding him. But he was always available. This Jesus taught us everything. And I want to do what Jesus did. Then let's be imitators of Christ. Let me read you something very briefly. Hebrews 5.7 In all the days of his mortal life, Jesus offered prayers and supplications with great crying and tears. 
Súplica. To supplicate, Clamor, to cry out, a, voz, a, a loud voice, ruegos, just crying out to God and tears in order to be heard. And that was Jesus, the Son. Mm. The first time that I ever read this passage, I cried because the Holy Spirit told me Jesus was interceding for me. And, and for all of us. He would pray for ¿Cómo oraba? us. How did he pray? De esta manera. In that way. Do we want souls? Here is the answer. Let's do what Jesus did. The power is not it's being touched by a magic wand. There is a price. Many go, many travel throughout the world looking for revival. To seek the preacher and, and, and receive that power. No, this is not magic. There is prayer and, and, and crying in order to be heard. And I, I, I would say that. Do you want to see the glory of God? God wants to see your tears. If you sow with tears, you will reap with joy. And this is what is needed to see revival again in this country. Yes, just to imitate him. When, when uh, success comes, oh yeah, people come and join your church. Ah, you even have bodyguards in some cases. No, it's not like that. They tried to do it to me. Yo le decía a los and I, I would tell them to the bodyguards, when we go to different parts of the world, they, they would guard me. And I would say, boys, just stand five meters behind me, please. What do you mean, Pastor? No, no we don't. No, no, stand five meters behind me. So when they were five meters behind me, do you not realize that you are stepping on the, on the angel's garment? <laughs> the Lord keeps us. We do not need any other protection. The Welsh revival. That's a, cl a clear example. He cried for his land. What, what would John Wesley do for, for England? He would cry for, for the souls. Revivals, revival is in our tears to imitate Jesus. What the Bible says is the truth. Carlos, thank you so much being my guest on the profile today thanks also to Claudio who has been our translator and uh, Claudio would you like to tell us where people can find out more about the ministry of Carlos yes well there is a, a website which is Carlos Anacondia spells with double n uh, dot org Carlos Anacondia dot org there is a Facebook page under the same name well thank you for being the translator it's been my pleasure Carlos all the very best and may God continue to bless your ministry thank you I've been Justin Briley, your host for The Profile this Saturday afternoon. I hope you've enjoyed the time that I've been able to share with Carlos Anacondia. And uh, I hope that you can join me again or perhaps one of my colleagues for next week's edition of the programme. For the moment, uh, do check out the website where you can find more interviews with Christians from all walks of life, premierchristianity.com. And time now to hand over to Dave Rose with a look back at some of the best bits of the past week here on Premier Christian Radio.